This season is sponsored by Future Farm, the revolutionary meatless meat food company from Brazil. They're cooking up products which can match and exceed our juicy meaty favourites on taste, texture and sizzling flavour using only 100% natural ingredients. My favourite? There's too much choice. But if I had to choose, hands down, it would be the future meatballs and future mints in my classic lasagna dish. And get this, they're standing up for some pretty big things too, like reclaiming the Amazon rainforest back by fostering the movement towards GMO-free and deforestation-free products in place of those that are unethical and illegal. Definitely not just another plant-based brand, hey? Very up my street. The full Future Farm range is available now at Sainsbury's. Hello and welcome to the Crazy Sexy Food Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Harley-Young. This podcast is all about the love of food and how it plays a part in our lives. I sit down with well-known personalities, industry insiders, and people who, well, just love their food to find out all about their life, career, and favorite tastes along the way. Today, I'm joined by Jose Pizarro, the godfather of Spanish cooking. Jose has been at the forefront of bringing tapas and the delights of Spanish cooking to London through his four restaurants. His five cookbooks have garnered him international acclaim, with each touching on a different Spanish region, showcasing the simplicity of his cooking, matched with such intense flavours. It is this which sets him apart as the leading chef that he is. It has been a shocking time for the hospitality industry over the past year, but Jose's resilience has allowed him to adapt and conquer the dining inexperience by launching his Finish at Home range delicious tapas dishes to be completed at home with no major kitchen skills required. There is really no excuse to get your Spanish fix now. Jose, what a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Oh, it's amazing to be here. Thank you. And thank you for your wonderful uh, words, really. Thank you. Absolutely. How, I mean, this is a very big question, but how are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay. And okay, and okay. Uh, I am a little bit tired, I have to say. You know, okay. I'm quite positive, and always I try to see the best. And I've been very strong, but now uh, I was a little bit coming down and tired, and I feel still feeling tired. But I think slowly my adrenaline will come back, uh, as mm. we know. Hopefully, we can mm. open the the restaurant soon, and. Uh, and that is positive. Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, the, the obvious thing that I do want to ask you is that, as everyone knows, you know, the hospitality industry, as I mentioned, has been hit so incredibly hard. Yeah. Do you feel like you are going to come out of this proud of how you've adapted? I mean, you know, how do you suddenly overnight basically change your whole, your whole business model? Mm. We will survive. I think I I can see, like we say, the light in the end of the tunnel. Now we know that we are gonna be open again, and that is giving me to say power to come back. Yeah, um, being tough, but as you say, I you know I will I will get back. I will get back, um, and uh, yeah, I change my business one night to another really, and uh, because I just I just. I need to do something. I was uh, I was at home 
And um, I saw my, my family, my, my team need to be productive and uh, the community was needed. And, and it was like, I have to, and I meet my, my, my team and let's do something. And um, I'm being busy here, being busy here mm. doing things that I didn't know nothing at all. Um, I, but you have to survive. You have, you to, have survive. to survive. It's the only, it's the only way. Totally. And I think, you know, regardless of people are in the hospitality industry or, you know, everyone has sort of been affected in some yeah. way. And you really see yourself as a person in times of, of real difficulty mm -hmm. at how strong we are and how we can adapt. Um, so, uh, I mean, I am very excited. Yeah. I'm so excited to finally get back to you because yeah. I have I haven't been there in a while, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, I hope that we can eventually be in person, yeah. as we said before the recording, and, and having a drink and... A glass of sherry, some tapas, oh, yes. and just a yes. smile. And to be, you need, you, we have to have fun. And we will have to, yeah. we will have fun yeah. again, you know? And Absolutely. hospitality, as you say, being hit like that. Uh, mm. But it's, it's hospitality, but hospitality is all about, as well, my suppliers. It's every people, my you know, my fishmonger, my, the fishermans, the the butcher, the the farmers. It's not only us and the family and all around that. It's um, it's everyone behind. And you know that totally. was so totally. difficult talking with my 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 suppliers in Spain and here was like what we can do, how we can help. You know, they were. We need to sell. We have to do something. You know, because we are not talking about uh, you know, some bottle of wine you can leave there and they will get better. But what you can do with the, all the, the cheeses they were producing, all the, the that was so 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 touching to say, mm -hmm. Jose, I'm sending to you and do whatever you want to because we have to use them. Mm -hmm. You cannot put those things in the in the bin. Mm -hmm. And what the way was to, to help the community around and um, yeah, tough, tough. Yeah. But we will get there. We will get Anna, there. We will get on. there. Okay. Let's let's lighten the conversation. Exactly. Let's do so, it. So I want to take it right back to your childhood. You grew up um, in a beautiful village because I did have to Google it um, <laughs> called Talavan in uh, Extremadura in Spain. I want to know what your life was like growing up. You know, what were you eating? Who was cooking? Was food important? I'm sure it was. Um, kind of, you know, paint the picture. Okay. I grew up, as you say, Extremadura, southwest of Spain. Uh, very cold in winter, very hot in summer. Uh, my family were farmers, my dad and my mom, working all day together uh, just to to look after the cows. We have a cow for milk, uh, kettles to, you know, to... Uh, and um, I grew up as a very uh, naughty boy. It was... Um, I didn't like a school at all. And, uh, yeah, I was um, that kind. Of, no, no, a bad boy, a naughty boy, yeah. you know. Um, Cheeky. Cheeky, exactly. Uh, my mom was always cooking. Uh, as busy as always she was helping my dad. Uh, we have always the most incredible uh, food on the table. You know? It's why I was never allowed to be in the kitchen. Hannah. My mom was like, go away, away from here. I don't have time for you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
I, I couldn't see much about what she was doing, but always I was looking around. My grandmother, my dad, mother was amazing cook. She was uh, the only thing she did in her life was cooking for the family. My mom learns from her. And always I look into my grandmother a lot. But again, it was something like um, just to try to learn that where those smells come from. But nothing um, I wanted to do, really, you know. But I was learning, I think. I was learning seeing my, or trying to see my mom cooking and seeing my grandmother cooking. But always more of than anything else was that kind of the smell, you know, the flavors coming through the through the kitchen, and uh, to see my dad uh, drink a glass of milk uh, straight from the cow, uh, seeing the, the tomatoes to grow, to see uh, you know just take a carrot uh, and go through the spring water and watch it and eat it, and um, and it's quite as well to see the pig, you know the pig and hens and chicken around there, they, all of them, they were my friends. But I knew at the same time that all of those animals was food for us. Mm. And we have to survive, you know? That was like, uh, 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 that was my life, running around the countryside, seeing the animals um, running be, be, behind them, try, try to catch them. And um, uh, uh, but learning and taking everything inside of me. Uh, so give me an example of some of the dishes that would have been served sort of on the kitchen table. For example, when you were in, the, in the kitchen table, my mom always was very simple things like um, uh, pulses, all the lentils, la, lentils with chorizo, very big stews, uh, potato, any stew with potato, and uh, uh, salt My man loves salt salt with uh, potatoes and, uh, and, and greens. And it was very uh, comfort, comforting, comforting food, you say? Mm -hmm. Very healthy, very yummy, very seasonal. Uh, the tomatoes, you know, a simple tomato salad, the most incredible gazpachos in summer in my area can be 45 degrees. Hannah, can you imagine coming around? Wow, 45? Yeah, yeah. Bloody coming wow. around, running around the, the, the village. The first thing that you did was go to the fridge, take a glass of carpaccio and have that. You know, all the tomatoes, proper tomatoes, you know, mm. no. That, that beautiful olive oil, that is as simple as that. It was my mom was serving. I still remember my grandmother cooking partridge in escabeche. That smell of the of the, the vegetables and and the vinegar, the spices, all of those smell, you know, is what we have. My mom cooked mm. churros every morning, almost every morning. My mom came to the to cook churros for me. That smell waking up with the fresh bread, with the churros. That was like oh, it's, oh it's simplicity, God. Hannah. It's simplicity, oh. but it's all about that memories. Yeah. We, I grow up and uh, I never thought, I never in my life, I thought I'm going to be a chef or I'm going to be in the hospitality industry. But I, I think all those things I learned when I was a kid is what, is what know now about flavors, mm. know now about, um, uh, yeah, about cooking, about, about how important. And for one thing, always, uh, 
is, uh, I think it's inside of me as well, is the kind of my mom cooking for me, to give to us the best. And I think for me, it's so important to do the same, but as a chef. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm a feeder. Uh, I love to people coming around my house. And we love to, you know, to put everything on the table and have fun and enjoy life. And I think that is coming through my mom and my dad and how they teaching me how important is food and how important food is to be together and enjoying together. Totally. I think it's interesting, like what I mentioned in the introduction about you and I, the, the more that I speak to chefs is, you know, wherever you come from in the world, as long as you have that really simple, delicious produce, the ingredients, there's not much more that you need to do to it. No, if you no. have fantastic tomatoes, fantastic olive oil, that's a dish. It's a dish. That's you, don't, it. you don't need to do anything else. Don't, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't <laughs> you know, touch it. And I think that over the years, I think we're coming back to that now. Um, but I feel like over the years, we've always tried to overcomplicate it. Mm. by adding this and you know you sometimes I remember what the, uh, you know I'm not going to mention people but there have been book cookbooks I've had over the years and you need like 25 ingredients and it's yeah. just like that puts yeah, me beautiful. off I don't yeah, have the time for book. that as well yeah. Yeah. beautiful don't get me wrong but it's just you know you need to just rein it in and yeah. think about what actually it's all about yeah. all about I'd rather is... I'd rather spend more money on three ingredients than spend you know not as much money on 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 each individual 25 ingredients yeah. you know what i mean like for me that's that's important it's important because we know now about quality we want that quality. yes we, we want to you know uh, to have a chicken but a chicken is costing you 20 pounds yeah maybe you don't have that chicken every week because it can yeah. be a lot of money but uh, you know that the chicken you have and you are eating is being a happy chicken Mm. You want to have amazing lamb, but you want that lamb to be happy. No, absolutely. Do you want to have a plate of jamón ibérico costing twenty or thirty pounds? You want that. Maybe not every week, you know. But you want the. You know that those animals are being happy. They mm. eat extremely well. No mm. stress. It's all about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you buy three ingredients, you just put together. And you create a dish, and the time, and then and then you have time to enjoy with your friends, mm, mm. You know? cooking so for if them. So if your mum was kicking you out of the kitchen, when did you start learning your skills? Because <laughs> I don't know how many people know this about you. I'm sure quite a few, but you actually wanted to be a dentist. <laughs> yeah, dentist technician, and I am, oh. and I am. I have yeah, and my you title. are. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I have my title, <laughs> but I never, I never. Uh, but I did my 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 no uh, in the in the school. I have to do quite a lot, quite a lot of work. But mm -hmm. I never been paid for my title from my title. Um, I I study. I finish. I found a job, and uh, when I was uh, waiting for that job, I start uh, doing a course, a cookery course in a in the school in the university in Extremadura, and I just love it. I just love it because not just because I was learning something I knew in my mind about food, about ingredients. I start loving it even when they sent to me to a restaurant to be a kitchen porter. Because in the school they sent him to you to, to, to learn from the from the bottom. No? And um, 
I love the way the kitchen was working, you know? It's stressful. I saw, was, you know, adrenaline again coming through you. But at the same time, was, you see the people were enjoying, you know? People having food. You see the smile. And more and more I was seeing that I saw I cannot be in front of, of one desk with my, you know, carving tooth and things like that. I thought, this is what I, what I want to do. And, uh, and my chef, the chef, the head chef, she, she was very strong. I, in the end, I went to do more work in the same restaurant, no? And she was very strong with me. But she told me, I saw Jose, that you did understand about food. You know, understand about ingredients mm. and you know what is going on in, uh, in one plate. And uh, and I forget completely all about tooth. And I when I say sorry, I call Seville and say sorry, guys. I think I want to start doing the thing I'm doing now. That is, uh, is do more a lot more hours than I have to do. Sure, mm -hmm. it's less money, but I want to follow my gangs. You say gangs, no? Uh, gut. You gut. follow your gut. Sorry. Yeah. I, you must always <laughs> follow your gut. And I did. And I did. Yeah. And uh, yeah. my family was crazy. How? Why now? I was always very bad a student, I have to say. <laughs> and in this, I was very good. I was very good because I love carving. I, I love using my hands and, you know, how. And I was very good. And my mom and my dad was like, please, don't be crazy again. You are good with this, stay with that. I said, you know, I want to do this. And I follow my 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 mm. gangs or whatever you say. Mm. And I did mm. and I, I'm very happy. Nothing better than um to be in hospitality. Because hospitality is uh, always I say it's not about me, it's not about my team, it's about everyone coming through the doors and we make them happy. Or we try Absolutely. to make always everyone happy. And, and seeing people smiling and seeing people, all, all, all my restaurants, the, the kitchen are uh, open kitchen. That means I can see who is around. And it's nothing better to see that. I agree. Uh, I better agree. than to be sitting, can you imagine me sitting at this in front of something no. every single day? <laughs> No way. No way, Jose. I, 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 I've only just met you, but I already know that that's not for you. No, it's not for me. It's not for me. And I just, uh, yeah, I love it. I love so, it. I'm so, sorry. It's been my child, my child in, uh, in, in Extremadura and how I went from to try or to be a dentist technician. Uh, I tried to be a, a cook, a chef. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of fast forwarding a bit because, you know, you talk about sort of the experience of when you sort of walked into the kitchens and you saw the adrenaline and the craziness and you know it requires so much dedication you know mm. to really progress as a chef and and to become a successful chef like yourself you know what do you feel like was kind of the turning point because you arrived in london i think it was 1998 yeah. you didn't speak any english um, I'm looking know, for a job. To, looking for a job. <laughs> you know, I, what, what, was, what was that? What was that experience like? Because that's 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 a big risk to take. Um, I was um, I was in Spain. I was head chef with Julio Reollo, my my boss, and, and, and Emma. I was the head chef in one Michelin star doing 
completely different food than I'm doing now. But I wanted to learn. Um, one thing I will say, to learn English. That was my dream. <laughs> but the thing I really wanted is, well, when you are working in, uh, in that kind of food, Michelin, New Cuisine, whatever you want to call, you need to know a lot of more technique and you need to know uh, different cuisine, spices, everything. And the best place was to be to be in London because uh, 22 years ago in Spain, there was not many Indian, Japanese, uh, Chinese, uh, you know, you need to go somewhere else to learn that cuisines. And, uh, and my friend as well said to me that uh, she was living here in, in London, she told me, go in London with no many Spanish chefs. Maybe you have opportunities there. And I say, okay, I can learn English. I will learn different techniques and cuisines. I will meet so many different people. And maybe I have the opportunity to, to do something in there. And uh, I came here, it was not easy. I couldn't find any job as in a restaurant uh, as a chef because- Was that because of the lack of English or exactly. was that because, right, That's okay. It. And uh, I thought I can be a kitchen porter or helper in a restaurant, but maybe I can learn some English, but I will not learn anything else. And I thought maybe I need to go back. And I thought, okay, if I'm here, why I not start in a Spanish restaurant? Mm. Is what I did because my, my possibilities was, my CV was amazing. You know, mm. everyone was like, okay but then i couldn't speak any english at all and uh, and i went to gaudi and uh yeah gaudi in that time is closed now very sadly it's closed uh, but uh yeah i start there as a was like really shoe chef but really i was doing all the work for the head chef and uh yeah slowly slowly they 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 cuisine that we were doing in Gaudi was very uh, Michelin star, were very, not complicated because it's not complicated, but very, you know what I mean? No? Mm. And when I saw that, I, I saw the tie, the clientele, and the people didn't understand about Spanish food. 20, oh, it's only 22 years ago. We are not talking about 50, no? Um, That's really interesting. I was going to ask you that. You know, what sort of people were coming to eat Spanish food at no, that time? At that time, not many people knew about Amor yeah. being a new new cuisine and very. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I saw that. I saw if I, I won't really try to. I don't know how I'm gonna do, or I don't know how. I won't teach teach the people more. I want mm. to shouting about what we have. Because we have incredible uh, olive oils, we have incredible cheeses, we have incredible jamón ibérico. That is the best ham in the world, you know. And, and for me, and the paprikas, the pimentón de la vera, the smoked mm. paprikas are absolutely stunning. But, but my customer didn't didn't know much about that, you know. I was with the ham as a, a crazy, uh, uh, showing people uh, uh, jamón ibérico, and everyone was were telling me. Wow, amazing Parmaham. <laughs> Nothing wrong. Hannah, 
nothing wrong with Parmaham. I think it's absolutely But that was what we knew at that time. Even even Parmaham. I remember when my mum, because I grew up in a very like Mediterranean household and I remember my mum giving me Parmaham. That was so kind of like ahead of its time. Yeah. Can you imagine imagine Parmaham Iberico costs, (laughs) in that time it was costing (laughs) £350 a leg. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's costing now £550. And uh, and everyone was wow, that's nice in Parmaham. I said, it's no Parmaham. <laughs> I like Parmaham, but it's different products, and that was hurting me. That was hurting yeah, me I have to yeah. say because yeah, and it's, it's slowly. It's, so I think this uh, we are in incredible country. Uh, we are in the most beautiful city in place in the world that is London. I really want to people to understand the simplicity and the quality of the Spanish mm. cuisine. The, uh, mm. That is the most important thing, you know, mm. that kind of ingredients. Mm. And uh, yeah, no, now I think I try my best to, and many people, not just me, no, to, to try to push Spanish cuisine. And uh, yeah, we did. And then obviously, again, fast forwarding a bit, you then decide to um, open up your own venture, which mm-hmm. was the uh, Jose Tapas Bar in Bermondsey. So when you were opening that, kind of what was the plan? Because that's that's based around a really traditional sort of tapas bar environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was there anything else like that in London at the time? Did people kind of know what to expect? When I opened Jose, there was not many things around, I have to say. And I was very scared because uh, I was working in Brindisa, where I own some shares in that company. And uh, it was time for me to move. You know, Brindisa, as always, and it is uh, an amazing company that I've been doing so well for Spanish products in the UK. Um, and uh, I saw, I was work, I was living around Bermondsey. And when I saw uh, that place, Always, I wanted to have a really tiny place, a place that I feel like to be in Spain. You know, I want to see the ham hangings from the from the ceiling, uh, and I want to see Spanish paintings, and I want to see, but in a cool way. You know, mm. because you go so many places where the ham the ham are hanging, and the, you have a flamenco dancer. Nothing wrong with that, yeah. Huh? but. It's not what I wanted. It's not my style. With a pair of maracas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was very scared because I didn't have, as you can imagine, I didn't have much to open and was a big risk. But I have feeling for that space. I knew the people around here, around Bermondsey Street, are jam uh, customer, uh, British in London, in Britain, UK, we want to learn here. We want to know more and more and more. And I thought that play was absolutely amazing to do a tapas bar, high quality, uh, amazing sherry, amazing wines, good and nice vibe. And I thought mm. it's crazy to do that. Spending all the money you have in a little place. Uh, everyone say, why south of London? Why Bermondsey Street? I say uh, South London because I'm living there and I think it's incredible. And uh, Bermondsey Street is is so beautiful, and mm. the people around are so incredible. And I open it and it was a big success. I have to say, it was um, um, yeah, it was a, just a uh, and it is a lovely mm. area in London. 
and and Jose since the beginning the tapas bar since the beginning was full and, and people having an incredible time 11 so years, 10 years now. 11, how, 10 years 10 years 10 years in May wow almost there amazing incredible yeah. where's the time gone well you're asking me <laughs> I mean for people that might not know because there might be some people out there explain what tapas food is you know what's sort of like the history of it what's the concept the tapas uh, tapa mean lit yeah and oh. how yeah I mean and how things starts or supposed to be starting was long time ago when um uh, in Spain in Seville or Andalusia uh was very hot in summer very hot in summer and always the flights went inside the drinks. And what the people did, they took a piece of ham or a piece of cheese or a piece of uh, charcuterie or something, and they put on top of the wine as a tapa, as a lid, to stop flying to go inside. Oh my God. Uh, was something that always the, uh, the, the people at the bar, the owners, the barmen gave for free yeah yeah what happens slowly 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 that went from a little tapa a little lid on the glass to be something uh, everywhere and completely change what it is you know completely change and uh, and then the people were out for tapas but for a drink and the food and slowly, slowly going to tapas, it's just going to to have sherry dishes to everything to, with, uh, you know, And with kind friends. of explain, explain to me what sort of like, I mean, we could be here for, for hours, but, you know, the concept of tapas is that, you know, it's a lot of small little dishes. It, now. You're picking at everything. Oh, so it, only now. Well, so what was now, it? In, in that time, it was just a little tapa that you had with your wine. Right. And then okay. slowly, slowly, slowly going from that to go out for tapas is go out with your friends and serving different small dishes. Okay. But start as a full tapa. And now it's just you go with your mm. friend, with your partner, with your wife, with your boyfriend, whatever, and going to tapas is going to uh, serving dishes. Yeah. Serving. So serving. what are some of your favorite tapas dishes? Uh, well, difficult. Um, yeah. Now, for example, now, I don't know what time is it, uh, I will be happy to have a glass of fino, sherry, plato de jamón, nice jamón ibérico, mm. of course, and I will have some croquetas. I will enjoy a beautiful tomato salad, like we said before, just with uh, some beautiful olive oil, uh, some pap paprika, pimentón de la vera, smoke, um, yeah, I will be happy with that. Absolutely. Very, very happy now. Uh, tapas mm. is so diverse and it's so, um, so many things and, uh, that you can enjoy and, uh, and have a good time, really. But it's what people love. People is fun. People going for tapas is like going to have fun and forget everything. Absolutely. I think it was actually something that you said earlier about how when you've sort of built your restaurants, you have these open kitchens, which I think is really important because Ooh. I always talk about the fact that when you go out f to eat, it's not just 
about the food. I mean, the food is obviously most important, but it's about the whole experience, right? It's the atmosphere. It's the relationship with your waiter, your chef, or sitting at, sitting up at the bar and talking about the food or choosing your wine or whatever. Like, I really think it all comes together. So what is it about the restaurant life that sort of really gets you going? You know, how do you keep inspired? How do you keep on the pulse? You know, obviously we're talking off the back of a, a time where you haven't been able to sort of be open in the way that you'd want to be. But, you know, what is it that really like gets you going about that vibe? I, uh, it's the people, it's the family, it's the yeah. team, it's, uh, it's uh, the suppliers, the suppliers, I cannot say suppliers anymore because they are my friends, you know? it's, uh, it's something that inspires you, you're just going to one or another place, it's just, it's, um, but in the end, what I really inspire me is, is, um, is my customers, really, it's the people coming mm. through the, coming through the, 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 the doors, you no? Know? But um, my team, I have an incredible team, incredible family behind, and uh, and we do enjoy creating, and we uh, we do enjoy uh, having that kind of fun when we are working together. Uh, the time when when we are cooking and the, you can you can start and you see the customers coming through the doors, like we say again, no, the adrenaline coming is just like a camel. It's something that you cannot pay with money at all. Mm. It was I'm, I'm missing now. I'm missing the mm. the, the, the adrenaline. The, the is keep me going. You know, keep me going. It's the interaction. Me... That's what I'm yeah. missing. The inter as a customer, I'm totally. missing the interaction. Right? Yeah. Totally. As humans, we need smile. it. <laughs> that yes. Look at your smile when you see someone with that beautiful smile coming coming through the the, the, the doors. It's, just give you a kiss. Yeah. You know, I'm missing yeah. my I, I, I'm now in my restaurant in Bermondsey, and uh, I'm, I'm always working in uh, in front of the window, no. And I see all the the friends, all the regulars passing. You know? it's a, I'm missing to give a kiss, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Spanish. We I will am, we will be kissing very soon, Jose. Don't I'm you missing worry. The touch. <laughs> I'm missing touch as well. You know, I am missing uh, that. No, we I are, know. yeah. Uh, it's, it's, well, um, I think um, it's important. Every day you learn. Every I, mm. I have incredible, talented chef uh, helping me and working together, and that is all about. Um, mm. And no, a chef say this is how I want things and have to be like that. I think you are working with a uh, like we say with incredible people. Mm. They all of them bring things to the table and. Mm. Uh, mm. and because when you are working with people like that, they have to create. They have to to feel that they are doing their job, you know. And not like, no, I want things like that, and that's it. It's all about everyone, mm. and it's what in, in, in inspiring me. For anyone that sort of sees Spanish food as just one whole cuisine, it's obviously not. You know, it's very regional. How would you recommend people sort of navigate their way through the different regions, aside from obviously buying your cookbooks? <laughs> Thank you. Good point. Uh, I, it's so difficult because I always I say, Hannah, we are seventeen countries in one. Wow. Okay. We are seventeen regions, um, and all of them, even the north. You know, you go from the Basque Country, Santander, Asturias, and Galicia. Just going through the north, it's different. 
Yeah? And can you imagine from the north to the south to Andalusia? Mm. It's, it's different. But what is mm. making everything? It's the weather, as we know here. And it's, uh, it's the culture behind in, from Andalusia, in Andalusia, in Spain, in many regions in Spain. You have the Moors, you have the, the Romans, you have the, the all, all different culture bring different things to Spain. Yeah? But always I say, you have to go to San Sebastian to start, if you want to start going to Spain, and it's your first time. Uh, San Sebastian is, uh, is in the Basque country, for people maybe may don't know, for sure they know, but um, just get there. I think fly from city airport hopefully yeah. soon to, to Sebastian. <laughs> uh, and you just get lost. It's full of different pincho bar. Pincho bar is quite similar than tapas, but they call pincho in the Basque country. And, and uh, you know, you just go to one and you just have uh, some lovely uh, mushroom or whatever it is, and another one, the suckling pig, another one, solcot, mm. you know. You just fall in love because they have amazing displays there, and the people are so open and, and uh, they want to have fun. Yeah, uh, is and if you want, you you have amazing restaurant there. You have three Michelin stars. You have Arzac. You have uh, Berazategui. You have Pedro Subijana. Uh, and I love them. I have to say they are friends. But just go to San Sebastian and get lost yeah. in the old part. Just get lost with your friends. And you, I promise, you will go there once a year. I have to go once a year, minimum. I think minimum, than I, I, I'm going like two, no? Minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of like the mecca of, of anyone that is really into their food. It's like the yeah. place, you've, it's like your pilgrimage. You've got to yeah. go every year. <laughs> it's all, but then Galicia is in the north. You go to Galicia and you have the most incredible seafood as well. Uh, or oh, Andalusia. No, Andalusia is just uh, my dream. Hopefully one mm. day I can live mm. in Andalusia or, or Extremadura. It's different cuisine. Taking it back to you and, and your personal life, um, what is a normal day in food for you? In fact, have you had breakfast today? Yeah, I try to. What did you have? I normally don't have breakfast, but okay. I have some cereals. Um, I try to be healthy and uh, for <laughs> porridge uh, yeah always something something like that and a big cup of coffee very important and then what do you usually have during the day or are you usually at the uh, restaurant so you're kind of uh, like when, grazing coffee is the first thing and sometimes i even forget completely to eat you wait through the night you are so busy you're just doing things you just taste you just uh, you just forget not every day as you can imagine but sometimes just forget uh, we have a very good breakfast in in the business we eat very well for breakfast this normally around 11 before service uh, then we have uh, dinner uh, or before dinner is about 4 4 30 uh, when we eat all together and then uh, the last thing I when I'm working in the evening I love to finish my shift with a glass of wine and some plato de jamón ibérico cinco jotas. That is how. And you know, my doctor say for cholesterol is very good to have jamón ibérico. They he didn't say nothing about the wine, but uh, well then that's have, fine. I, I think a glass of wine is always good. 
Absolutely, the is, absolutely. The day for me, I always start uh, with the emails. I try to uh, uh, don't see emails through uh, late in the night. Mm. Uh, first thing, emails with a cup of coffee and then going to a restaurant. And every day, every day is a different day. Now, mm. no, mm. no, but every day in, when you are in the business is, is different. Uh, you, meet you, like, you see new things coming on, you see the, you know, the asparagus, new asparagus coming now, the first English asparagus are here now. Mm. Um, it's always good to, to talk with your suppliers and, and with your team, really. Of course. How do you split your time between all the restaurants? I'm going to every single restaurant once a week. Right. Always. Okay. I have to be there to see what's going yeah. on. My Absolutely. main restaurant is Hermonsi, but I love to go to Isha. I love to go to the mm. pub. Uh, when we opened there, everyone was like, oh, what is this Spanish guy coming to do here? Mm, a Spanish restaurant in the middle of Surrey. Well, this guy, they were looking to me like, mm. and I love it. I love it because some of my clientele, some of the regulars, some of the family there, uh, they've been visiting the pub for the last 20 or 30 years. Oh, and, wow, uh, amazing. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I do enjoy going there and, and yeah. spend time. Yeah. But it's and just what a lovely change of scenery as well. Me. Yeah, it's yeah. important. It's important to go out. You know, it's just half an hour from London. From Waterloo, and uh, and you just go there to see the green in front of the pub. Uh, it's just yes, made you to and come. Just down. go, yeah, absolutely. And breathe, <laughs> and it's nice to breathe sometimes. Yeah, you're telling me. When you do find yourself at home and away from the restaurants, what are some of your specialities that you like to make at home? Um, we love rice. Uh, Peter and me, we love love rice. Um, I love stew. I do like stewing, uh, roasting. I think it's just how do you the how do you feel. Mm. Uh, I love cooking at home. I think many people mm. say you crazy. You are being all day in the restaurant, in the restaurants, and then you go back at home and cook. Uh, it's different thing. I feel that the restaurant is my kitchen, and my family is eating as well there. But when you just go home, I think maybe. No, maybe no. Make me relax. Glass of wine, and I don't drink when I'm working, as you can imagine. But just sitting in the kitchen or just cooking with a glass of wine, chatting with uh, my partner, with Peter, or, or and looking after my dogs, really keep me down. And, uh, yeah. Just, like take me, uh, you know, I'm at home. This is my my space, and. Uh, mm. Always is people at home, but no now. Mm. But always is people at home where we are. Yeah. We love entertaining. Of course. Uh, you know, we love to, but there's to open a bottle of, of wine same... and enjoy it. Yeah, but I think like the way that you kind of have have taken on sort of your ideas like with your restaurants, I feel like there's sort of like this theatre behind it as well, you know, especially when you have an open kitchen. It is quite theatrical in a way. It is. As it a is. customer, as the chef, you know, the chefs, it's kind of a bit like this, this performance in a way. Yeah. That's why I love open kitchens, because I love to see my food being made. I, it's I a love performance. seeing the craziness. Yeah, it's a performance, because it is, but it's nothing writing down you know yeah. because every day is different yeah you don't know how it's going to be the service yeah. uh, sometimes you have everything ready and prepared for service you know that 150 people is coming in the all day and something happens and you have to change and you have to mm. and and it's 
it's important when you see that because it's not fake when you are in a kitchen mm. it's not fake for one reason you know it's you are live in front of them and it's different they, the dogs they, 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 they all the orders are different and you're reacting in one way or another way when we are here in pizarro uh, i have to say my thing is incredible but i say before but when you see the people how we work together how we dance in a kitchen because you know how you move That's you know what it is, dancing. you know it's dancing it's just like and you just pass people and, and it's something romantic i think in mm. how we work and how mm. you know when you see the food coming out you just have a piece of steak to say something and it's beautiful because it's beautiful but when you just do the whole process and you just see it coming out it's in the past and you see you are happy and then go it's it's, it's something beautiful there and i mm. yeah it's a performance without performing aside from your own places are there any other restaurants that you love Oof, I so many to. so many look i have a, a chinese around the corner in mine uh and i just uh, it's nothing fancy i just love the grumpiness of those people you know they are grumpy there <laughs> yes you again say so, yes yeah, me hello um i love uh, that one oh my God. Uh, and uh, hoppers i think uh, jinkana yes they are uh, it's just it's so just louis louis is uh, around my house in uh, in kennington um it's it's like a dream restaurant we are so lucky than the diversity that we have in london is one of the best if it's not the best in the world if not the best um, yeah it's it's like a drink you don't know until how you feel i don't know if i feel a negroni or i feel a beer or i feel a chinese or i feel indian or i feel a spanish mm. or, you know mm. it's so difficult and it's mm. so many mm. restaurants in london and um, well, in the whole uk then we have to be proud of because yeah. it's, uh, um, it's, uh, it's amazing people behind, behind hospitality and the creativity that, that the chef they have is take you over the moon, really. Mm-hmm. I can always, the list is, is just... I don't, uh, my, I was just thinking, when you were saying some regard. places, I was like, my, oh, my list of places to go it's is ridiculous. Crazy. I mean... <laughs> I might not have the money, but whatever money I have left, it's all going we on will food spend now. It. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's so it's so incredible, really. It's incredible what we have. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I cannot wait, my dear. I cannot wait. I you tell me. <laughs> I always finish my conversations with a few quick fire questions. Okay. Okay. So, my favorite snack in the entire world is a packet of crisps. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite flavor of crisps? Uh, I love uh, salt and vinegar. Brilliant. And uh, uh, it's from Spain. They are jamón ibérico. I will send some to you if you like to try. If you want to try. Yes. yes. And they do caviar, the caviar and uh, truffle. I will oh, send is this, to you. is this Torres? Torres, sadly. They do the truffle ones. They do the truffle ones and it's very cool. Yeah, it's very good. I haven't tried the Iberico <laughs> ones. Yeah, they do Iberico. Oh, wow. uh, truffle, olive, olive, just simple olive oil. They yeah. Uh, caviar. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's a they, funny one. That's quite interesting, my dear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is the craziest food you've ever eaten? 
uh, Fox. Wow. One of the crazy ones. Yeah, Fox. Okay. Snake. Where was that? Uh, in my village. Wow. Yeah, in my village. What, what is it? What's Long it like? Long ago, it's something, uh, wow, wow. It's something like rabbit, strong, a little stronger flavor. But what they do, yeah. they, 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 they say stew. My friend Johnny, uh, they did. It's a strong stew. That means that the, the, the texture can be something like lamb, chicken, something between that. Oh, wow. uh, in Spain, we we went through difficult time. Uh, we are talking about not long ago. We are talking about sixty years ago, maybe or seventy years ago, and people eat foxes. Yeah. Wow! I've never had that answer before. <laughs> <laughs> what has been your most memorable meal? Uh, always, I have to say something about my mom because uh, I think I, my last meal with my mom before pandemia uh, was um, cabrito, but cabrito is a baby goat. And I think always it's, it's have to be that one. It's so, uh, you know, uh, I cannot say how many memorable yeah. meals we have because we have been lucky enough to, to see so many incredible places. But my mom, that one is memorable. <laughs> I cannot wait. I think less than a month until I see her after oh, a year. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> oh my no goodness way. me. Ooh, I don't know if oh, I can oh. You're never uh, gonna you're never gonna let hold of her. <laughs> I need that, Hannah. I need that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What food sums up happiness for you? Sound happiness. Like what, what is... food what food makes you happy? Um I think that kind of uh, simple uh, comfort, comfort, comforting food um, is the food made me happy. And the food I see when I'm going to see my friend's chef, mm. when I see the creativity, some of the chefs are absolutely talented. All of the chefs are talented, I have to say, you know, but so many times when I'm going, I'm going to see my friends are thug or and you said that creativity is just like, wow, made me happy. Mm. Made me happy and proud of them. Absolutely, absolutely. Live to eat or eat to live? Live to eat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't answer any other way. This question was like, I couldn't understand, you know, sometimes I have to. No, I know. Yeah. Everybody has to like listen to it in their head and be like, hold on. But it's an important question, I think, yeah. because you know what? I've been really surprised by a lot of people's answers for that. You know, yeah. a lot of people just see food as fuel. They might mm -hmm. love food, but they don't see it as like a sort of, you know, a lifestyle, you know, mm. or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, it is. Jose, you are wonderful. No, and God, I am you. so excited for the coming months when you can mm -hmm. really get back to what you're all about. You can follow Jose on social media at Jose underscore Pizarro. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in. If you love what you hear, please subscribe and review. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Crazy Sexy Food and check out the Crazy Sexy Food YouTube channel. Until next time, bye.